0: If you are exploring faith for the first time or just trying to figure out what AWAKEN is about, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and introduce yourself. We welcome any question you might have about life, the Christian faith, or AWAKEN Church. May God be with you as you listen. Welcome Lonnie. <laughs> you.
1: Can you hear me okay? All right. Well, Welcome, I'm not Pastor Levi, as there's just a little bit of difference between us two, right? Um, but my name is Lonnie Bridgeway, oh yeah, if you want to. And uh, I'm actually a part of this community now. Yep, sorry about that. Um, I can't tell you exactly when I joined, you know, with the whole, I feel like COVID chronicles is a good word, like everything has just kind of meshed together, but sometime in the last six, seven, eight months, year, I was trying to figure it out, and I can't remember when I started, Uh, but I love it here, and I'm really excited to uh, eventually meet everybody and have conversations, Um, but uh, today my assignment is to preach, and so I'm really excited about that. Um, A little bit about me is... uh, I am what you might term a holla back preacher. And this is what that means. Uh, You are not going to offend me if you say something like amen or preach it or speak it or that was for me. Or wives look at your husband and be like that was for you. Or what, you know, whatever. That's that's not going to offend me at all. So I invite uh, the interaction. And in the spirit, thank you! Love it. And in the spirit of interaction, I I want to do a quick exercise. (laughs) Someone got
0: nervous.
1: (laughs) Um, One of the things I love about community and one of the things I know about community uh, is that we're real people, right? Right. Right, we are real people, which means we go through real things. This past year has been difficult for a lot of people. And even though that people show up to church with a smile on their face, doesn't mean that everything is smiling in their life, and oftentimes times when we reflect, we look back and see God's goodness in our lives, right? So I'm going to give an opportunity for interaction in just a second. I'm going to say God is, and when I say that, that's going to be an opportunity for you to shout what God has been in your life over the past year. Maybe He's faithful. Maybe He's been a protector. Maybe he's just been merciful. Maybe whatever it is in your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to shout it out, and I'm going to do that a couple of times. Ready? So hopefully this gave you a little bit of time to figure something out. So you ready? God is... I love that. See, hopefully that you heard something by your neighbor and that your neighbor said something and you said, you know what? You're right. God is that. God is that. Here's another one. Let's go. God is... heard love another one God is yes Yes. I love it I love it one thing I was reminded of this morning uh, is in Exodus chapter 3 and God gave Moses a task right you remember this story said I want you to go and you know tell Pharaoh to let my people go and Moses was like, I don't, I, I don't know if you know this, but there's all different types of gods, right? It's a polyistic society that means there's a moon god and sun god. I'm going to need a little bit more to tell Pharaoh like, who it is that it's telling me to let his people go, let my people go. And so God says, I am that I am. And I love it because I feel like that, that did not put God in a box. In other words, Moses had no idea what he was going to need God for him to be in that moment, Right? so in one moment, God might be a protector, and God fills in that gap. In another moment, God will be a provider for you in your life, and God fills in that gap. And so my hope is in doing that exercise, when I say God is, and it reminds you of what God has been in your life, that it just reminds you that God is everything that you need him to be. And there's moments that you're going to have, because that's just the way that life is, and God is going to fill in that gap for whatever you need in that moment. He sustains us. Does anybody receive that? Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to pray for my sake. I think that's the best way to start anything. Uh, Dear God, I just thank you for this day, uh, this time. Thank you for uh, your people. I pray right now that you would filter out the words that come out of my mouth and that you would speak through me. Thank you that whoever is here, uh, you have prepared them to receive Thank you that you are a God who is present with us, no matter what we go through, or whatever hurdle we face. Say this in your name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. So I got a couple scriptures for you guys to read, for us to read. Um, Habakkuk chapter one, one through four. And I do apologize, because I know you guys usually read from the NLT, and I put it in ESB, I'm sorry. But Habakkuk chapter one, one through four says this. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. Another scripture, Habakkuk two, verses four. Can you put that one up, please? Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him but the righteous shall live by faith. I'm gonna repeat that last part. But the righteous shall live by faith. A little bit of context, just about what we're reading. Uh, Habakkuk was a prophet, right? And one of the best uh, verses to describe what a prophet is, Jeremiah 1.9, is that he is a mouthpiece of God to the people. So God would say something like, hey, I need you to go to the people, I need you to tell them to quit sinning, I'm coming, quit messing around. And Habakkuk would be like, got it, people quit sinning, I'm messing around, God's coming, right? So he's a mouthpiece of God uh, to the people. Um, And so we see that, we see him in this book of Habakkuk, there's three chapters, and the second verse, he operates in that capacity as a prophet. And in the first chapter, what we actually see is we see a conversation take place between Habakkuk, in God, right? Quebec is actually crying out and asking God, like everything that's going on, like this violence and this evil and all these things taking place. Why do you allow me to look at it like he's literally crying out for it? Like crying out to God as he's processing everything that he sees. And he's like, God, I know that you are a God of understanding and you're a God of faith and justice and you're from everlasting to everlasting. Why do you allow this to happen? So, this is what is on Habakkuk's heart. This is what he's crying out for. One thing I do want to mention and I want to recognize is uh, how beautiful it is in this verse, right? Um, One of the things that you see is you see an honest conversation that of has, an honest conversation and he's being honest about what he feels. Tim Keller, who you might have heard of, he has a, you know, a little bit of potential to be a good Bible student, um, had a commentary and him and his wife said it was extraordinary and unique And when it comes to all the different types of world religions, that God throughout the scriptures will allow his people to wrestle and to struggle with him and to struggle with what he allows and to struggle with some of the things that he he asks us to do. Uh, And we see this right now with the back. He's struggling with what he sees. Obviously, uh, God is God, right? He's omnipotent, omniscient, all powerful, all knowing. So things that have happened, he's either authored or allowed. And sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our mind around, but a back is struggling with that. And we serve a God who not only allows, but invites us to struggle in the things that he has said for us and the things that he allows happen. To literally be like, God, why? Yesterday I was having a conversation with my mom and uh, she lives in New York, in upstate New York. And the community that she lives in has been sprinkled with violence. As a matter of fact, I got a text message from my cousin yesterday, eight people shot and killed in the past two days. And the unfortunate thing about it is a lot of the kids are involved in all this, on all this gang activity, is they are in their early 20s, and late teens. And so I'm on, this call, I'm on this phone call with my mom and she's literally struggling because her heart is for youth, her heart is for the children, she works in the school district. And what she sees and what she knows is that the three-year-olds turn into five-year-olds, the five-year-olds turn into eight-year-olds, these eight-year-old boys and young ladies turn into 12-year-olds and teenagers, and these teenagers end up getting recruited into these gangs and end up holding guns and causing violence. And living in just the middle of the evil that is taking place. And my mom on the phone, she has just tears in her voice. And she's quivering. Her heart is pouring out. And she's literally like, I don't understand how God allows this to happen. I love it that we serve a God who is so uh, unique that he allows us to wrestle with that. He allows us to have those conversations. Here's something that reminds me that no matter what I think God already knew what I was going to think, right? Like, it didn't appear, like you, if you say something, it's not like God is like, oh, huh, I didn't realize you were thinking that way. Like, I, I had no idea. Like, he already knows. When I say that, it has helped me to have the confidence and the boldness and the understanding to actually speak up and just talk to God about what I see and what I'm frustrated with. And so I encourage you to do that. And that's one of the things that we can See from Habakkuk. Does that make sense? So in these first four verses, we get a front row seat of Habakkuk struggling with what's going on and why God is allowing this. Habakkuk is he's grieving. He's lamenting to God about what he sees. And I want to give you a snapshot about what he sees, some of the evil that he sees. Habakkuk would have been He would have been under the reign the rulership of King Josiah and also King Josiah's son Jacqueline Jequim, Jequim. Hopefully there's no Hebrew scholars in here <laughs> But they were polar opposites King Josiah you can find out about him in 2nd Kings chapter 22 and 23 and it says that he is uh, God-fearing like he always errs on the right side of the law Right, he was very just for the people. Matter of fact, he he came in there and he started tearing up shrines and memorabilia of other gods. Tore it all down, was burning things. Right, he was worshiping God. He led a culture of God fearing. That was the culture that was there when King Josiah was king. And then his son comes into kingship and comes into rule and he's completely opposite. He was dishonest. He was unjust. He killed innocent men. Rabbinical literature would have us know that he had incestuous relationships with his mother, his stepmother, and his daughter-in-laws. Evil. If evil was in the Hebrew Bible and had a picture of somebody, you might see King Jehoiachin. But that was a culture that was taking place. That's what... Uh, Habakkuk was seeing. So just imagine that. Just imagine, like, the unmoral. Just imagine this, just the violence. Matter of fact, and I don't have this up there for the scriptures, but I'm going to read this out loud because it'd be awkward if I didn't. <laughs> but in, Jeremiah chapter 22, it talks about King Jehoiakim. It says Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness and his upper rooms by injustice. This is talking about the king, the king who is supposed to be ruling over people, who makes his neighbors serve him for nothing. He's just hustling people and does not give him his wages. Who says, I will build myself a great house with spacious upper rooms, who cuts out windows for it, paneling it with cedar and painting it with vermilion. He was using the funds for his glory. Not a great king. He was doing the opposite of what God would have him do, was not just, was not fair, was immoral. That was the culture that Habakkuk was seeing. As a matter of fact, he's also uh, talked about in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 24. And it talks about how the, the streets were painted with red from the blood of innocent men under the, room, under the rule of Jequen. that's what Habakkuk is seeing he's seeing evil Evil's everywhere it's all around here's a question as a Christian as a believer what should our response be to the evil that is all around like how should we respond to that what should we do we should do it. I don't know about you but I see things that happen like even in the middle, like the stuff that's going on today, like everybody has the news. We see the stuff that's going on and part of me as a believer is like, I should be doing something. Like I need to be doing something. I don't know what I should be doing. I need to be doing something. Like I, I feel like, I feel stagnant and I look at, you know, the news and I see this great big world out there and all this evil taking place. I'm like, what should I be doing? There is something for me to do. The conversation with my mom, I got a huge heart for just kids. And teens and just knowing that kids are being recruited going into that lifestyle and having at an age, a young age, I feel a certain type of way. Like I'm like, what should I be doing? The work that I do. I see OCS reports come through. I see the specifics and the details and I'm like, oh, what should I be doing? In Habakkuk chapter two, verses four. This is God's answer to Habakkuk, right? In the first chapter, Habakkuk's going back and forth. He's having these complaints. He's telling God, like, I see all this, right? Uh, and God responds to him. And this is one of the response. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. But I want you to see this part of the verse. But the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. The truth is, in this life that we live, in the context of your life, the faithful decisions that you're called to do is going to look different than mine, right? But I should say this, that whatever your conviction leads you to do, it will never contradict scripture. So if you have a conviction to respond to somebody, that might be your conviction. But if you respond in what the kids might term a salty way, that contradicts scripture, right? But it's important to know that, yeah, you have a conviction in your faith to take the steps that you take in your faith in this direction. I have the conviction in my faith to respond and take the steps that I have. And I love it that as a community, and by the way, this is a diverse community. And when I say diverse, I don't mean black white. When I say diverse, it's people of different ages, there's people of different ethnicities, there's people who have different callings and different um, um, convictions, right, and together, God moves with us and uses all of us. So I have a conviction to work with kids and teens. You might not have that conviction, nor you might not have the patience to be able to do that. <laughs> and that's fine. And Dr. Darius Daniel says this, it's not, when we talk about community, it's not this or that, it's this and that. Yeah, I have my conviction, I'm being faithful, doing my steps, what I'm supposed to be doing. And you have your convictions, and you're doing your faithful steps and doing what you're supposed to be doing. And together, we're actually moving as a community. So this evil that is all around the world, everything that we see, whether it's something that's happening in your own neighborhood, whether it's something that's happening all the way across the world, our goal, our call by God is that we would continue to live by faith, right? Your faith has an impact. With that said, there's a couple of steps that I feel like every Christian has. So, of course, our convictions might be different, but there's some steps that every Christian walks specifically and strategically that the Bible would outline for us. And I want to talk about those steps. So these are the steps that we move in our faith. You guys still with me? I haven't heard any amens for a while. Amen. Thank you. I was like, forced. He forced me to say amen. I didn't even believe that. <laughs> but there's a couple of steps. I have 48 of them. Just kidding. Only four. So we're going to go through them really quick. And before I go through, I want to give you an analogy. For the most part, is everybody here from, from Anchorage? Yeah? No? Okay, only three people, really? That's, how, that's a responsive church? Okay. So the three people that are from Anchorage? Um, let me give you an analogy if I, if I, if I can. So uh, continue to move, right? This is the thoughts. Working with steps, working in movement and faith and what we're called to as Christians. Let's say that you were in the middle of a street in Lake Otis, and Dowling. Does everybody picture that right now? So you're Lake Otis and Dowling, right? So I'm right here, Lake Otis and Dowling, I see, I see the light right there. Post office, yep, we're at the same place? Yep, right there, ABC Northern Lights, right? Same place? All right, right right there is there used to be a strip mall right there on the left, you remember that? I'm old enough to remember that. There's, it's just trees there now. Uh, and then you can look down and you can see all the way down Dowling and you can see the highway and whatnot. But here it is, if you're on that street, At that crosswalk, at that crossroad, and you continue to take a step, and you continue to walk, 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 soon, you're gonna be at Lake Otis and Tudor. So now you're gonna have a completely different view. You're gonna see the lovely golden donuts. You're gonna see Heaven's Nectar, are we a Starbucks community or a Pilates community? Coffee, right, you're gonna see coffee. Heaven's Nectar, you're gonna see coffee in Walgreens, right? You're going to be a completely different view. And then, if you continue to step, continue to step, continue to walk, continue to walk soon, you're going to be at Lake Otis Northern Lights, where it's Chuyets Physical Therapy, there's Windler, there's Brown Jug, but we're not looking at that, right? We're keeping our eyes forward, continue to walk forward. (laughs) And everything that you pass, it passes by, you remember it, but you're in a different place now. As Christians, we all have some consistent steps that we take, right? Individually, we have our own steps as you have your convictions to be faithful to the convictions that God has called on your life. Which, let me just remind you, once again, should never contradict scripture. But at the same time, as Christians, we have some steps that we take. One of the steps is this. You ready for it? Verse 4, you ready for it? All right. In a world filled with evil, be a person who is Persistent and praying in a world filled with evil, be a person who is be a person who is persistent in praying and with prayer. One of the things I love about scripture is that yep, you too <laughs> love it. One of the things I love about scripture is uh, that God gives us examples, right? That you actually see. What people I always wonder, like, I wonder if David and them knew that all their business and dirt was going to be out there for everybody to read. Like, I always, always think about that when I read. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> we all know about that, right? But I love it that God gives us examples that we can actually look at. And one of the examples I actually want to pull out is the prayer that Habakkuk does. So in the middle and all this evil that he sees in Habakkuk chapter three, we're going to fast forward a little bit. There's a prayer. And there's something specific about the prayer that I just want to point your attention to and remind most of us and inform maybe a few of us some of the things that God promises us. Of course, the ultimate foundation of prayers in Matthew 6, 9, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know that. But God has also put different prayers in scripture uh, for us to look at. And I love it that we know the specific words that they prayed. Like what we get to read like. I'm super interested in why this is what he prayed in the moment that he is facing and seeing evil. Like this is how he's responding. Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. I'm sweating a little bit because there's another Hebrew name coming up. A prayer for Habakkuk, the prophet, according to she good it Thank you. O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. A couple of things I'd like to point out. In this prayer... Habakkuk acknowledges who God is, Lord, Jehovah, right? I am that I am, and it's humbling. First of all, when you pray, what you are doing is you are seeking out a power that is much higher than us, a God who is everlasting to everlasting. And so what you are doing when you pray is you're actually showing humility. Whatever the situation is, While you're praying, you're saying that, God, I need to connect with you in this moment right now. (laughs) I need something bigger than myself. I'm going to pray to you. Thank you. So he recognizes who God is, right? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of God. Not a fake God, not a created God, not a moon God or a sun God, but God, the Lord of all. He recognizes who God is and also what God has done. I heard about the report of you. The NLT says, I heard about your amazing works. Because of what we know about the Hebrew culture uh, and the traditions, he probably would have had the first five books uh, to memory. And so he's recollecting of some of the works that he's probably thinking about. Maybe it was you know, how God led Israel out of Pharaoh's rule. Maybe through the Red Sea. Maybe just recounting of um, how God created the heavens of the earth. And so he's reflecting on that. He's showing humility of God being power everlasting to everlasting. The one true God, what God has done. And he's also showing that he understands what God can do. One of the things that he says in the end of verse 2 is in wrath, remember mercy. Right? In the middle of this wrath that he is talking about, Judgment Day, that Pastor Levi preached last week, and that is coming. He's saying, God, I know you're the God of all this. But I also know that you can give us mercy. I am calling on behalf of the people. Show us mercy. Question, what does your personal prayer say about your faith? That was a gut punch to me. By the way, I'm preaching to myself on this. But the prayers that I pray, I, first of all, I don't pray enough. God, just say that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't pray enough, just because you know, um, you know, preachers preach up here on a stage doesn't mean that anybody's any better. Any, I don't pray enough. I get challenged by that, but then I do look at my prayers, and my prayers say a lot about my faith. I don't pray very often. To intercede, I'm just like confessing stuff. <laughs> like, I don't pray very often to intercede on behalf of people, and I need to do that, right? If I believe that God is who He says that He is, I can literally pray and intercede on behalf of the kids that my mom is dealing with. Like, I, I can pray for that. I can pray and intercede on behalf of, you know, the people who are struggling over there uh, in the Middle East. Like, I, I can pray and intercede for the people in our own community. What does your prayer say about your faith? Are you believing in a God that's everlasting to everlasting? That you truly believe in a God that can make a a change uh, in this life, in your life, in the evil that you see? In a world filled with evil, be the person who is persistent in prayer. On adding about prayer, remember this is, Habakkuk is doing these steps, right? These are steps of faithful believers who are walking in steps in faith, and every believer does, he's doing these steps as he's looking at the face, and in the face, and in the midst of evil. In challenging prayer, here's another verse I want to lead you to. It's 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 2. And it says this, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Somebody say all people. All people. A little bit of people, or what? Or did you say a few people or did you say all people. three or four people in your neighborhood or what? All people. all people. That's right. For kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead peaceful and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. We're called as believers as one of the, the steps in our faith is to be persistent in prayer to pray for not just a few people, not just the people that you know, but for all people. And I love it that it's this and that. So your conviction, you might have a conviction to pray for a specific thing. This person over here might have a conviction to pray for a specific thing. That's the beautiful thing about community is that together we can reach so many different people and we can intercede on behalf of so many different people. And God puts this on your heart and God puts that on your heart to pray. And it is our job as believers, as a community, to be faithful and to walk in that step in prayer. Does that make sense? So in a world filled with evil, be a person who is persistent in prayer. Here's step two. In a world filled with evil, be a person who studies scripture. I will say that again. Thank you very much. In a world filled with evil, be a person who studies scripture. I think nowadays it's so easy for us just to uh, listen to what someone else says and just be like, oh, he said it. Like, he read the Bible, so I'm just going to take what. No, no, you have the ability and you have the Bible at your fingertips. You can actually read and study scripture for yourself. In Habakkuk chapter 3, 3 through 4, during his prayer, he says this, God came from Taman, men, Temen, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splinter covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light, rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. What we know about this is that uh, Habakkuk weaved scripture into his prayer, because what he is doing is he is making references of actually, I think it's in Exodus chapter 19, where God actually came down from the mountain with Moses, and he showed the fire and the smoke. That's what he's referencing. So we know that he is, because of his traditions, that he has scripture committed to memory, but you know that he actually studies it because it's on his lips, it's on his tongue, right? In his response, and in his response to evil in his prayer, he puts scripture in there. Another verse that I want to read in response to evil, and I think it's a a great example, um, is when Jesus was being tempted by the devil. If evil had a face, right? Being tempted by the devil. This is in Luke 4. One of the things that the devil said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man should not live on bread alone. He was citing Deuteronomy 8.3. He gave us a great example of studying scripture and using scripture in the presence and the face and the culture of evil. Another time, a little bit further down, to you I will give this authority and their glory for it is written, delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, this is the devil tempting Jesus to worship me, it will be all yours. And Jesus responded this, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. He was reverencing Deuteronomy 6.13. Great example of even in the face of, of evil in a culture of evil, how we should study scripture and hopefully studying scripture leads you to always think about it. Should we always be on your lips? Can you put up that verse, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, for us to read together as a community? Hear, O Lord, or Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul with all your might and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. It should be all a part of our life. Delight yourself in the Lord to give you the desires of your heart, Psalm 37.4. You know how I know that is because when I was growing up, my mom had it pasted on her bathroom window. And so every morning when I went to go brush my teeth or take a shower or change, I always saw that. Be a person who is studying scripture in the face of evil. When evil is going on, we need to have scripture in our hearts, we need to have scripture on the tip of our tongues. We need to do a collective better job as a community of continuing to teach scripture to our children. I got some amens there. Must be a lot of parents in the room. (laughs) In a world filled with evil, be the person who studies scripture. Step three, we're walking now, right? Continue to take these steps as a believer. We're continuing to all take these steps together as believers, as we're being faithful believers in the face of everything that we see. In a world filled with evil, be a person who connects with community. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hebrews 10.25 says this, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, I love it that whoever wrote Hebrews was like pointing at somebody. (laughs) Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, <laughs> but encouraging one another and all the more that you see the day drawing near, talking about, you know, the day uh, that, that Jesus returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something important about, you know, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll do this, I'll say it like this, we're real people who go through real things, we establish that, um, percentages and statistics Are not that different in the world than they are in church which means that if we're real there's people in here who are struggling with relationships in their lives there's people here who are struggling to uh, address some of the issues that maybe they have had in the past or things that have done or been done to them right because we're, we're real people and I love it that in the moments where we face something or encounter something or having a frustration in life and you see just maybe a friendly smile, God uses that smile to do something, right? Maybe it's you know, Misty opening up the door and saying hello to you as you, you walk on by. Or you know, maybe it's somebody just saying hi and shaking your head as you walk through the doors of the community of the church. I love it that God recharges us through community. He actually sharpens us with one another. Proverbs, 30, uh, Proverbs 17, Verse 27 says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Right? 27, 17, I had that backwards. I'm dyslexic if you didn't know. (laughs) But as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. I love it how God allows community to sharpen one another. Right, even in the face of evil, and the culture of evil, and everything that it is, we as a community, are called to sharpen one another, we're called to be engaged with one another, we're called to to meet. The conversation that I had with my mom yesterday, I simply just listened and we had a prayer and that sharpened her and that encouraged her. In the middle of like the evil and the violence and everything that she sees, God allowed me to sharpen her and gave her kind of the recharge to continue and take one step forward. As Christians, these are our steps. In a world filled with evil, be a person who connects with community. And here's the last step. In a world filled with evil, be a person who is wrapped in worship. I want to look at how Habakkuk closed his prayer.
0: In
1: Habakkuk chapter 3... Verses 17 and 19 says this, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation verse 19 God the Lord is my strength he makes my feet like the deers he makes me tread on my high places because of what had taken place the evil and the unjust and this was actually be a prophecy of what was going to take place in their life in their culture in their lands the lands be empty stalls empty and through that Habakkuk is rejoicing in God. One of the things that we need to remind ourselves uh, is that our world should not dictate our worship. So just because you see the evil and things going on in your life, that should not dictate your worship. You continue to worship, you continue to praise God, and you thank him. Thank God for the things that he's done in your life. Thank God for the things he didn't allow to happen. Ooh, I cannot wait until I look and I'm like, oh, I was close. There, thank you, I had no idea you did that for me. Couple of verses I wanna share there. By the way, young people, please write down the verses that people say out loud or people are referencing. We live in an age now where it seems that just scripture is um, becoming something that uh, people aren't checking anymore. We're just taking people's words for it. Like, oh, it says that in there? Must be in Leviticus. Like, I don't know, I've never heard it before, but we're, we're, we're doing that. And what we need to do is, despite who's up here preaching, um, write down what is being said, where the reference is, and go in and look it up for yourselves. You don't need to take my word for it. You have your own Bible. But in Psalm 71:8, it says this, my mouth is filled with your praise. And with your glory all the day in that same chapter verse 24 it says in my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long a couple of chapters later in Psalm 78 we see them talking about God and the things that he's done all the way from Israel and Delivering the men or the people and his people out of Egypt under Pharaoh's rule and they're recounting just the things that God has done If you ever need help in your worship Just please sit there and just thank God for the things that he's done in your life That's one of my favorite things to bring people back right when I'm having conversations I got a couple of friends who this might be struggling and I love that they do this for me, too And you're just freaking out and you're just having one of those days and you're having a hard time connecting your faith to your thoughts and just one of those, right? One of those times where you're just looking like maybe Habakkuk and you're just like, why? Why am I seeing this? Why is this happening to me? And one of the things that we should do in those moments, just remember the things that God has done in your life already. Right? And just recount those things. God is faithful. He is everlasting to everlasting. In a world filled with evil, be a person who is wrapped in worship. So, family, community, these are the examples of the steps that every believer that we have, some basic steps, right? Along with your convictions that you have from the Holy Spirit to move, to do what he has called you to do in your life. And so we are called in the face of evil, in the face of everything going on in life, even though you're not there what you can do is you can continually be faithful to the call that God has on your life and at the same time continue to take these steps as a community continue to to walk in prayer continue to uh, walk and study in your scripture continue to um, walk in community continue to walk in worship and I love that those things along with our convictions you won't be in the same place spiritually sometimes you can feel like you're in the same place I always have to do this. If I feel like I'm in the same place, I have to check those steps. For me, that works. I'm like, oh, okay, I got to check these steps here. So that is my encouragement to you. And I love this too, is that sometimes as believers, we forget that you can literally pray and ask God to empower you to do the things that you don't feel like you can do on your own. If I'm being honest, like this last year, it was tough to just like worship when we weren't meeting in person. For me, it was tough to Like there was like a season where it was, it felt hard to actually open up my Bible and read it. Right. But I can literally ask God in those moments to give me the strength to empower me to do the steps that he has called me to do as a believer. Amen. 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 Um, Last verse. I promise that I'm going to share with you today. It's Ephesians 6, 13 through 20. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood, right? As we fight evil by taking our steps as a believer and responding to what we're supposed to be doing as believers and Christians, we're wrestling with the principalities and everything at stake. But I love it that we serve a God who is everlasting, right? God that was before everything. He created everything. He's the great I am. So that's my encouragement for you today. Take the steps. Continue to walk in the face of evil in this culture. Everything that's going on, the things that you see on the news and the media, and everything that might be happening in your life, continue to walk. Follow your convictions. Remember, your convictions will not contradict Scripture. And at the same time, the faithful steps that we have as a community of believers is reading our Bibles, is praying, is gathering as a community and worshiping. Amen? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You want to stand up and I'll pray for you? Dear God, I thank you for this community that we have, uh, your people. Thank you, Father, that you uh, empower us to do the things that we feel like we can't do on our own pray that you would meet us in those moments in those times where we need reminders father to take the steps that we need to take in our lives thank you for what you're doing thank you for this community i pray that you would continue to to bless this community and grow this community Uh, and just thank you for the beautiful diversity within this community
0: say this in your name Amen. amen thank you again for listening It is a joy to be able to share God's truth with you. Hopefully you found this teaching helpful to your understanding of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's world. And hopefully you are inspired to take a further step of faith. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you continue your journey. If you live in the Anchorage area, you are welcome to join us any Sunday. And we have an Awaken 101 event every six weeks. And this is also a great way to find out more about our church. sign up for that event by going to the events tab at our website awakenalaska.com and looking for awaken 101 feel free to share this podcast with your friends and we will see you next week